Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Byron. And my name is Henry. And today we'll open with the question, what does being a third culture kid mean to you? So I'll start by asking Byron this. <laughs> what does being a third culture kid mean to you? Um, well, I guess, let's start with the definition, I guess. Uh, third culture kid having, what, like three cultures? <laughs> Right. So your parents' culture, uh, the country you live in, and yeah, what's the third one? Honestly, I don't know. A mix of other stuff, maybe. <laughs> I think no. I think it just means like you are born in a culture that is not your or culture of origin, mm. which I that's a second culture, but third culture is maybe um, one layer further, where you have a, a an ethnicity. You're born in one place, but you absorb two different cultures that are not your ethnicity. Hmm. I okay. suppose is, I don't know. We didn't we didn't look this up before, so <laughs> yeah. Oh, it doesn't it doesn't matter. We get the point. Yeah. So, what does that mean to you? Uh, well, I guess it's it's a pretty big part of our identity, growing up in yeah. Taiwan while, you know, not being Taiwanese. And I think it's. I mean, it's shaped who we are. Like, I don't, I don't know when we go to this or when we go to college, probably in the states. You know, I feel like that's going to be a very big change for both of us. Yeah, we were talking about that last night with Aiden. Yeah, or last last morning. Uh, last morning, technically, yeah, <laughs> yesterday, yeah, 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 technically yesterday morning. We were talking about how when we go to the states, we don't feel American. But when we're here, we don't feel Taiwanese. Yeah, and it's just that in-between space. And I mean, at least for me, I definitely I never really noticed that because in lower school, everybody was from a different culture. It was just based on personality. That's how that's how you saw people, right? And because everybody was from a different culture. At least I and I mean you had a different experience probably in local school, but for me I grew up just knowing people internationally. I didn't really see color. I didn't have my people, even my own ethnicities like Italian and American and Mexican. I didn't identify as those. They were just、yeah. facts about myself that I could tell people. But I always just thought of myself as the tall white kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or like、yeah. the skinny white kid. I mean, And, for me,、yeah. sorry, for me,、uh, I guess I have a very different experience from you in terms of local school because I don't think any of us went to local school besides me. And yeah, for me,、so. it was very different because in in Taipei American School or TAS,、uh, you know, the majority of people are Asian, but there's also a lot of different other like ethnicities and cultures in. TAS. Whereas when I went to local school, I mean, it's the local kids, so it's all Taiwanese kids, and then me, which is, you know, I'm very, you know, I'm just I'm a white kid. <laughs> when I'm when I'm in a local school, you know, I was almost revered as like a <laughs> like a leader or something, and I and I'm not like the leader type too, you know. Do you think? And you never talked much about that. Your experiences at local school. Do you think that? That was ingrained in them from a very young age to see you as like sort of 
this magical being because that's <laughs> definitely part of the culture or do you think that it was just being the odd one out you were something special to um kids? well definitely the odd one out has its effect and has its role because there's no one else that is even remotely like looks like me at all you know so everyone kind of wants to be around me and and know me because i'm different and or at least that's how it was in local school. I'm not sure how it would be in like a high school, uh, uh, like setting of local school. I'm not sure about that. But lower school was like that. <clears throat> like I wasn't bullied or anything. It was all like good things, I guess, for me. Yeah, and that's interesting. How a lot of times in movies, the odd one out is portrayed as the easy, the scapegoat, the easy one to pick on. Mm-hmm. So I'm surprised how you didn't encounter any of that. And yeah, no. I mean, yeah. it could also just be the culture of the local school that people were, you know, there was a nice environment instead of an environment of scarcity where kids are sort of left to do their own thing and they never get what they need. So they turn to bullying as a way to satisfy themselves. Well, I, I don't know about that because there, there definitely was bullying and a lot of really like messed up stuff going on uh, well for like you know lower schoolers like i remember one time uh we were playing like tag out on the track of our of lower school and uh this kid was in front of me i don't remember what i was doing i was pro- i don't think i was it and there was this other kid that was chasing him and this kid when he tagged him instead of a normal you know tag like tap on the back or something just completely pants this kid <clears throat> like underwear and all and everyone just laughed at this kid it was that's kind of fucked up <laughs> yeah i mean lower school that's a bit much yeah yeah that, that is a bit much definitely the level of uh i don't know i would if you would call that a joke then the level of jokes is very i felt it was very high I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But none of that happened to you. Yeah, no, no, no one would dare do that to me. <laughs> Cause you know, that's could, I, yeah, yeah. That's what I find interesting. Cause it could easily go the other way. It's because you're the white kid that they would be able to target you. You know, you would be the butt of all the white jokes. I think that that would normally happen or more often happens, but since I was so young and I was, I learned like Chinese, like since I could speak essentially, I literally was just a white looking Taiwanese kid, you know? <clears throat> yeah. So, so I, I, I fit in. I just looked different, which is why yeah. I think I was accepted and like revered almost. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. I see, I see how that works because I bet if you were, if you just knew English, spoke broken Chinese, they might make fun of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. So, what does it mean then for you to have both Taiwanese and American cultures in you, but fit into neither one? Hmm. I mean, also, I just by yeah. saying that, I just realized that that's what I think that's what their culture means is you mm, have okay. you're exposed to two cultures and you yourself are sort of a, a third, third culture. culture okay yeah. i get it now that does make sense yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it only took us like 10 minutes to figure the <laughs> definition of the question i don't know the name of our podcast yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah right 
Anyway, so um, yeah, what what does that mean to you? Well, I mean, I I love influence over your identity. Yeah, definitely. It definitely has influence of, over who I am. I mean, I have like an ama, which is like you know, like a very. I was Taiwanese to have an ama that, you know, you're a grandma essentially, but it's like the Taiwanese version, I guess. And <laughs> I can, you know, everyone in America. Okay, not everyone, not everyone in America, but most people in America don't have an ama. You know, they have the grandma, but it's not the same thing. You no, know, it's not the same. yeah, it's not the same thing. So I have that 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 side of the culture, but I also have my American side because, I mean, my parents, my dad's uh, half, so he of course has is also a third culture kid. But my mom is like full white, if that's a thing, you know, full American, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, full yeah. American. Yeah, and so I grew up American in my home, except for my grandma's house or my ama's house because that's where I got my Taiwanese. Like culture from, I guess. So for me, like being here, I feel. I definitely feel more white here than Taiwanese. And when I'm in the states, I honestly, I think it's a very even balance. I feel like I'm both at the same time in the states, because visually I'm I am white in the states, so I'm accepted as being white. And but that Taiwanese. Side of me, which is a very big side of me, because I've only ever lived in Taiwan, is more empowering, I guess, than the quarter of me that it actually is. So I think it's about fifty-fifty in the states, whereas here I feel one hundred percent white. Wow, that's interesting. So you feel like in the states, your Taiwanese ethnicity carries more weight, yeah, because of because you've also been immersed in the culture. Yeah, but that, I mean, that's just how I view myself in the states. Other people view me as 100% white in the states, and they also view me as 100% white here. So, yeah. yeah. Do you do you ever wish that you grew up and your parents were both from the same culture, and you spent your life in one place, or at least in one country, around people who looked like you? Um, I don't think so. I don't think I would want it differently than how I've got it. <laughs> you know, I, I yeah, yeah. I mean, it's largely because I moved into you know TAS or Taipei American School in in third grade because I I fit better there than in local school because a part of being like revered and held so highly in local school also makes you like no one. You know, so you can't like get close to anyone almost okay there we go yeah yeah so becoming or going to TAS allowed me to make actual friends not saying that I didn't have friends but I mean I was like third grade friends it's a little different so so moving to TAS allowed you to sort of integrate the other side of your culture <laughs> yeah yeah it allowed it changed me from well, I guess it also made me less culturally like Taiwanese because before I was getting all of my uh, like exposure to being Taiwanese uh, from local school you know it wasn't from and, and also my, my grandma and from her too but mostly it was local school because that's you spend a lot of time at school and I got all of my like American influences from at home and being with my family so when I moved to TAS it was mostly 
American influence, but of course I still live in Taiwan. So, yeah. yeah. And that's the weird thing for us is living in Taiwan, but having the American bubble, which is TAS. Yeah, yeah. Which is something, which is something that I've had to grapple with. It's like people ask me, how long have you lived in Taiwan? I say 16 years. Wow. So you must speak Chinese fluently. And I have to say, uh, -uh not really. <laughs> because the TAS community is a bubble. And there's, like you said, there's a massive American influence, even among the Taiwanese people. Because they're all from, they're all, I mean, yeah. a lot of them are from Cali. So it's very strange when I go back to the, when I go to other countries, especially the U.S., having to explain how I'm not really Taiwanese. I'm more American than than my history gives me credit for. But at the same time, I'm still undeniably Taiwanese in some way. Yeah. Which is very difficult to explain to people, especially those who don't understand or don't know third culture kids themselves. Oh, I think a lot of America doesn't know about like third culture kids too because everyone well not everyone but a lot of you know states in the middle of the country <laughs> you know states that don't right. have big cities <laughs> exactly. they they don't have as big of a exposure to different types of cultures and stuff like can you imagine like growing up in a town like <laughs> and never leaving your town that's yeah, crazy it is crazy I mean, humans historically, and I mean way back historically, are nomadic people. We're used to moving around. Mm -hmm. So once we settle down and stay in a village, something about that just doesn't seem right, especially for us, where we're used to traveling often. Yeah. It's just like sort of crazy to imagine that your entire life is contained. But in a way, our entire life is contained to this planet. So. Sure. It's all about perspective. Yeah, but we, I mean, that one's a bit extreme, I think. There's no, we don't even have any other, like, reference of perspective to any other planet. So, but yeah, I see what you're neither, saying. I know what you're saying. Though. Yeah, yeah, neither do the village people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I would say um, being a third culture kid on my identity has definitely been something that I'm thinking about recently because... I can imagine going to college and something like sort of a, not really a fear, not really a concern, but just something that I'm aware of is that a lot of these kids, they are used to meeting other kids from around the US. They all have sort of a shared culture. And for me, I can appear in every way as an American person, but saying that telling telling people that i i don't identify as american i don't identify as anything i think that can be off-putting to a lot of american kids mm -hmm. now obviously if they have experienced traveling they probably wouldn't be surprised by that but i'm having to consider like who really am i who, like what is my culture what is my heritage oftentimes i envy other people who have a strong heritage a strong culture behind them, a strong reverence for their ancestors. Because my family, we moved here to Taiwan as a single unit. Um, and while my relatives, my extended family, 
estate in Mexico, estate in New Jersey. So, and uh, and add on to that, add on to the bubble of our family, is at TAS, not really experiencing Taiwan and Taiwanese culture until I ask around at school and I travel around until just starting very recently. So, as my world is being opened, as I'm starting to go like making the transition to college. I'm having to re-identify myself because Henry,、uh, which only existed virtually at Taipei American School and within my family, Henry now seems like a meaningless word. It's sort of、hmm. a word that I don't even—it's just a name. It's just a label that I can tell people this is what you can call me. But it. I can imagine going to college, and I tell people I'm Henry. It doesn't really mean anything anymore because it <laughs>、yeah. only meant something in the context of school and the context of my family, and both of those contexts are gone. It's like I'm having to start from square like, one. Almost like yeah, a clean slate, almost, which can be good or bad, I guess, depending on how you view it. Yeah. Do you do you feel like that at all? Well, actually, for me, I'm getting more, like more and more excited. I think to go to college. More for the social aspect than the, <laughs> like the you know the studying and learning aspect, because that's fun and all, but eh. Socially, I think it'll be fun though to, you know, experience new things and meet new people. That being said, uh, I'm still more of a chill with your friends kind of guy, not like a go out and do things. I'll occasionally、yeah. do that, but yeah, I, I'm I think I'm looking <laughs>、yeah. forward to seeing how. Different the people are, and hopefully,、uh, still liking them. <laughs> you know, <laughs>、right. yeah. Hopefully, I can still get along with them, even though they're different. Yeah. Yes. But with that being said, also finding people that are similar to me, because <laughs> you know, I think it's it's important to have a good mix of people around you and、uh, personalities and、uh, yeah, different cultures and ethnicities. Yeah, it's like. Well, I think when we get there, it's going to be the exotic factor, and then over time, you'll realize, wait, these are just kids like me. Yeah, we all grew up with, you know, the same music, the same cultural icons and stuff like that. So, we have a lot of the same experience, even though we've been separated by long distances.、Mm-hmm. And dude, honestly, like, I don't know. I'm just so looking forward to spending time with people in my in our dorms. Just chatting,、oh, yeah, talking.、Yeah. That's like, I mean, I'm, I obviously we know this, but I'm not like I'm like you, in that we both don't like going out partying and spending time with people by doing things. We just like spending time by with people by being with them. Yeah, for yeah. me that can be. Yeah, I just really enjoy spending time with people. It doesn't have to be some big event. You know, it can、yeah. be a big event. Those are fun sometimes, but it doesn't have to be all the time. That's right. Do you feel like、um, your Taiwanese culture does that impact how you interact socially? Like,、Ooh. I know for some people, definitely Taiwan has ingrained in them to be more reserved. Do you think that that influences your social interactions in any way? Um, I'm sure it does, but I am not really aware of any way that it does. <laughs> you know?、Hmm. Yeah. And it also could be that you don't 
you simply don't have as much um, sort of conditioning as other Taiwanese kids. But that's oh, some, yeah. definitely something I've noticed. So, like for myself, I I despise small talk, and okay. I think a large part of that is um, outside of TAS when I'm in taxis or when I'm in MRTs. Everybody around us in Taiwan is just very quiet and very respectful and reserved. That is Because, true. Yeah, to put yourself out there is sort of that's rude. You don't want to do that. You don't want to be picked on by the teacher and made fun of for having the wrong answer. Like, there's a lot of cultural elements that stifle that sort of extrovert extrovertism, being extroverted. Yeah. And that's such a contrast to American culture. Yeah, complete is, contrast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you just remember when we were looking at the the kids on um, the applied student pages on Instagram, mm -hmm. it's like you would never see most Taiwanese kids do things like that, where they're just the American kids are just completely out there, confident. This is who I am, and to have both that part and the Taiwanese reserved part. In me has made for some interesting social mm -hmm. dilemmas. Where when I'm presented with a situation, I'm like, my instinct is I don't need to talk. And yet, every everything around me, all like the American people that I've grown up with, are saying, "Henry, put yourself out there. Like, be confident. You got this." It's like, mm -hmm. and, and it just goes. It and that contradicts what I see all around me, which is people just minding their own business and. Staying within their own family groups, not talking super loudly, right? Yeah, like I mean, just like you know, my my dad, you know, whenever we eat at hot pot, which is like a kind of a <laughs> tradition thing now, almost. We used to go to hot pot every Fridays, and uh, yeah, I mean, my dad is half, so he definitely shows his. Um, American side when we're at hot pot because right. we're the loudest people in hot pot and are at the hot pot place and we have like Loud, loudest person at hot pot. Yeah, he's definitely the loudest person, but we're also like the loudest table just in general. Like yes, uh, whoever's right. there with us, yeah. And usually, you know, quite a few beer bottles, just having a good time, basically. Like with my dad and some of his friends and his cousins and stuff like that, just at this hot pot table, and. I think that's one of the, like the like a perfect contrast between uh, exactly yeah in the yeah same room yeah because it's a hot pot place which is you know I don't know if it's Taiwanese necessarily but it's an Asian thing I think you don't really do hot pots in like America I don't think that's a thing no yeah yeah and my dad bringing the American side of being very loud and very talkative and constantly needing to like fill the silence like silence is not okay yes. in american culture exactly exactly if there's silence yeah. then it's it's almost always awkward silence there's no such thing as comfortable silence yes. in american culture okay well, i'm sure there okay. is but like most people are not okay with the awkward silence uh -huh. whereas here i think it's okay like it's okay to be silent actually i think it's encouraged almost to be silent mm-hmm yeah That's, and actually me and my sister were talking about this recently where we both had the same experience growing up and my parents grew up in an American culture where 
they were sort of um, representing American culture to me and my sister in that they would encourage us to fill the silence. They would encourage us to um, ask people questions, to fill the silence, not be passive in conversations. And, and for me and my sister, it's so confusing sometimes when we're like, for example, we're sitting at, or maybe I'm having hot pot, for example, with your family. And we're the loudest table. We're having a great time. There's a lot of conversation going on. I've never told anybody this, but for a long time, I always felt ashamed to be part of the loud group. Mm. I felt ashamed that we were, we were so loud that we were drawing stares from random people. Yeah. And I, and I think that's because deep down, I always, Maybe I have more of that Taiwanese culture in me, where I don't want to be stand. I don't want to stand out in a way that makes us look disrespectful to other people's mm -hmm. experience of life. I, I don't want to be the one that's always being annoying and not aware of all the people around me. And it's been very confusing to reconcile the American norms of. You know, being active, being proactive, and talking, and the uh, Taiwanese norms of silence is okay. Yeah, and I think it's a big thing with like respect too, because like respect yeah. is a very important thing in Taiwanese culture, whereas in America, sure, respect yeah, yeah. is encouraged, but it's not. It's not as. Uh, it's not as central. Yeah, it's not as central. It's not as. Doesn't have as much like weight behind it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, so mean, the thing you were saying about uh, small talk, I completely agree with you. I I despise small talk. Like, what's the <laughs> point? You don't get anywhere <laughs> with small talk. Like, oh, how's the weather today? You know. Like, oh, it's it's, uh, it's all right. It's a uh, you know like <laughs> what, what are you getting out of small talk? Nothing. Nothing. You don't get out. Of, well, I'm. You get. You don't get awkward silence. I guess that's what you get. But right. <laughs> yeah, otherwise small talk is pointless. That's that's why I was always angry when people try and make small talk or like try and um, engage in small talk with me. It's just, I from our perspective, it's like it it it's all based in fear, the fear of feeling awkward, and from that small talk stems. At least that's how it seems. There's certainly a place yeah, yeah. when, when, and here's something that my mom said recently, which is that small talk is sort of like an activity, like playing ping pong, where I throw out something and you return it, and it's kind of just a way to keep people、um, engaged for a little bit, without having the risks of being genuine and revealing something that maybe would make the other person uncomfortable. But I think that. Just shows a deeper issue with the culture. Yeah, which is I agree. Being being genuine is not okay. It's not that it's well. Maybe it is that it's not okay. But I I I or not okay to be genuine. I mean, but I think personally, being genuine is considered a good thing. So I think I should strive to be genuine and. Just by living by that mentality, I'm not gonna do small talk, you know. <laughs> not like not participate <laughs>、yeah. at all, but like not actively shun or like you know 
hey you you do small talk yeah you're you're, you're a dick you know <laughs> like, like i'm not gonna <laughs> yeah, do that obviously like i'm not gonna judge you if you do small talk but right of course but yeah. personally it you know making small talk is kind of almost lying to myself in a way because it's not being genuine to what i'm actually thinking or what i'm feeling or what i want to talk about you know yeah, I just tried not to do that. Yeah. Yeah, and I I think every situation requires requires a balance. Because in some ways, being in America, you participate in the culture, which means respecting the cultural norms. You there would be more of a negative reaction if you simply didn't talk when people said, "How's the weather?" and you just you stare them back. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, you can't do that. <laughs> you yeah, can't do like, that. Like, obviously, yeah. you're not going to do that because yeah. the negative, that's not your intention is to make the other person feel terrible. The intention is simply to transition into something that that you don't have to feel, that, that you can be more genuine about, and that's genuinely more interesting. Maybe like a medium talk instead of small talk, Me- you know? Medium talk, yes. What would be the wait? Small, medium, large talk. Big talk. <laughs> big talk. Massive talk. Uh, What's your sounds? Uh, sounds like a, a something. I like me some massive talk. Okay. Okay. Okay, buddy. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, going back to third culture, third culture kids. I think third culture kids, in general, we prefer. We, we avoid small talk because we're constantly meeting new people with new experiences. So like we all know that we're in the same boat here. What really is the difference between us is our experiences. And that's a gateway into deeper parts of our lives. But for people who've known each other their entire lives, I think small talk is simply a way of talking and engaging because you already know everything about the other person i think and i think for people that have known each other their entire lives though it's almost it's not really small talk at that point you know i feel like small or in my definition personal definition of small talk i think that if you know each other and you're being genuine with each other about the weather then it's not small talk you know (laughs) you know if you guys really care about the weather then it's not it's not small talk but if you're meeting someone and you're talking about the weather because you feel like you have to say something or you don't have anything else to talk about or you don't want to talk about something because it's uh, actually like bothering you or it's genuine or something, then yeah, then then, then that's small talk. Yeah. Mm. I also, think that's a good definition, actually. What you were saying about uh, uh, third culture kids not or like kind of avoiding small talk, maybe. I think it kind of depends on where because like if you took the flip side version of us so maybe like uh an ethnically asian kid in like america i think they might grow up uh with more like small talk you know because i think that growing up in like american schools you kind of have to have the ability to small talk whereas growing up in in asian school or, or like taiwanese schools here you don't need that ability as much. Do you know what I mean? I can see that. I think when I was talking about third culture kids and conversation, I was 
thinking back to when I went on MUN trips mm. and was meeting other kids my age from the other IASA schools. So, in in those circumstances, what our conversation naturally just went to our different experiences instead of being like, "How's the weather?" Because、mm -hmm. this was、mm -hmm. in a new location for both of us, we're not interested in the weather here. Or if we are, it's because we're both experiencing something new for the first time, which is authentic. Yeah. So I think you're. I think you're right that it does. Like if you grow up in American culture, you'll carry those、um, behaviors with you wherever you go. I suppose. I think too.、Uh, we were talking about this your MUN trips and talking with kids there. I mean,、yeah. everyone, not everyone, but most people, I think, going on these MUN trips. Are third culture kids, so you kind of already have an instant like connection between you two, or something that's、yeah. similar between you two that you guys can talk about right away. Yeah, I think that's also true. Whereas if,、um, yeah, I can imagine going to college, it would be a different dynamic.、Mm -hmm. Like whenever, usually、um, when I go back to New Jersey for the summer. I'll interact with my one friend that I have there, who's lived there. So we've we've known each other a long time. It doesn't really matter that I'm a third culture kid or not. But I remember a,、um, a few years ago when I met other boys that were friends of my friend in New Jersey. They were fully American, and I was like, I was just visiting, saying hi to them. I definitely felt this invisible barrier. Like he almost、us. didn't know how to act with them. Right. It, and and I found that so interesting, that, and and you can break this down in so many ways, like、um, how you speak, like there's such a thing as an international accent for English, versus an American accent. Okay. And my and apparently my sister said we we have international accents,、um, and just hearing the subtle difference between, for example, how I speak versus how somebody really American speaks. And by American, I mean East Coast, West Coast. It doesn't really matter, as long as the accent isn't so strong, you can pinpoint it geographically. But just in general, Americans have somehow they have、uh, um, an accent that is actually different. And、yeah. so that like it, it's just one way that it's a very subtle difference, and yet it still creates this invisible barrier that I'm not one of these people. I don't speak the way they do. Maybe I don't even look exactly the way they do. I don't carry myself the way they do. I don't,、um, you know, I'm more reserved, more shy. Like noticing、mm -hmm. all these slight behaviors and what they're interested in and, and what they talk about. It's all very. It can sometimes feel isolating.、Mm -hmm. Yeah, but also proud at the same time that, yeah, I represent this. Third culture, it's neither American nor Taiwanese, but I am who I am, and I re I represent that. You know, there's there's a some pride to be taken in that. In that that sounds like a quote. I am who I、yeah. am. <laughs> yes, Henry Reyes, twenty 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 two. Yeah. Nobody has ever said that before. Yeah. Completely. You, you heard it. You heard it here first, <laughs> folks. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta pay royalties to use that. That's right. <laughs> When you go to college, do you think that you're gonna fit right in 
or do you think it'll take some getting used to uh, acclimate to the culture? Um, I think I will fit in pretty well, but uh, it's definitely going to be a little bit of a shock, I think. A little bit of culture shock. Because, I mean, people there are just so different. But I, I think my American side is a big enough a part of me that I can like hang out with American kids, you know, or American yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. So but I don't think it'll be a problem, yeah. but yeah. That's interesting because I feel like my American side is not really there. Hmm. It's not. Yeah. It's, it's strange because I, I love American music. I grew up with American pop music. I know all the American trends. I know American friends and yet I don't feel American. I would, I, I feel awkwardness whenever I hang out with really American kids. But I guess, well, part of that is probably because when you go to Colorado, you hang out with a lot of different American kids, right? Yeah. Yeah. Versus for me, I only hang out with, with one person, Skylar hmm. is his name. And he is also sort of an international kid himself. His, like his parents are from Germany and Italy, I think. So he has a little bit of that. It's not like I'm hanging with a group of American kids. Yeah. Hmm. It's funny to think that you have other friends that I don't know about, you know, because we've been isolated here for yeah, our whole yeah, right. lives. I'm like, wow, Henry has another friend that I don't know. Like that's, <laughs> it's kind of weird. Yeah. It's only one, only one friend. One friend <laughs> yeah. and his brother. Yeah. And, and yeah. One friend and his brother, and I visit them every summer. But besides that, I don't have any other friends from other countries. If if we're not counting my relatives, I also think like yeah. some of my cousins, I, I count them as friends. But other than that, no. Do you have any other friends from other countries that I don't know about? <laughs> um, no, I don't think so. I would, I would have said before, maybe if you asked me this question, when I was a little younger. I would have said some of my local school friends, but I honestly, I don't know any of their names now. It's been so long, I, I don't remember their names. And you don't keep in contact with any of them? No, yeah, and I never kept in contact with them, so I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, and then in Colorado, I mean, all of my second cousins, which is a, yeah. a lot of kids. A lot of you kids. Know. Yeah, it's like 150 kids. Hmm. Do you feel um, that your brother is able to merge with the culture? Like, considers himself American now? Um, I definitely think he considers himself more American than I would consider myself. I mean, he's been in America for three years now. I think three years now, coming up to the fourth. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like he's adapted. And he's also been in boarding school. So I'm I'm sure that plays a bigger role, too, because you're constantly around the culture then. Yeah. And same with your sister, right? Yeah, and my sister's been there for, uh, I think, also three or four years, maybe. Maybe more? No. I th yeah, no, yeah, yeah, same, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure they know, well, they definitely know what the American culture is like more than I do then, because then, they've spent more time there, yeah. 
It's just so strange to think about other kids slowly turning into American kids. <laughs> like I, that sounds that sounds weird, but it's like, I mean, same thing with the TAS kids. Seeing photos of them with Ameri- with other kids in America. Yeah, feels, that is a little surreal. It feels surreal, right? Yeah, exactly. Huh. And I don't I don't know what about that is surreal. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't I don't know why that feels surreal. I don't know if other people even have experienced like, yeah. this thing, but it's like I know that kid, but who the hell is this? You know, this is just some. <laughs> Huh. I think it's yeah. I think it's just because we're so used to seeing each other in school and knowing everyone to see, too, and knowing everyone. Yeah, that to see them in this different context is like a sort of like a dream. Like they got photoshopped in there somehow. <laughs> and honestly, that's been sort of hard. Is seeing other TAS kids like my friends. And seeing them in these different contexts, knowing that this is just the beginning of their trajectory, that will increasingly go farther and farther away from me, from everyone else. That's、mm. something that's been hard for me. Is is because, of course, I mean, you came、um, pretty early on as well. I, I'm I was here since the beginning. I know all these kids. I love all of them. I care so much about all of them. And knowing that it's like this、um, cluster, right? Our 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 grade, our family, is now bam. As soon as graduation, it everybody's trajectory, starting out, you know, relatively close to each other. They're visiting each other, talking to each other, and it's just gonna drift apart. Maybe a few people here and there will stay in contact. That's just that that's been hard for me because I feel like I've lost a family, you know.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think unfortunately how... that's kind of is it is how it's gonna go. Like people are will just drift apart. It's、right. kind of a part of life and the way our school is. I mean,、right. set up like、right. TAS is set up to send kids to good colleges, and obviously it's good colleges all around the world. So <laughs> it's kind of yeah, it kind of gets yeah, well, gets split up. But that being said, they have like when COVID's gone and all, there will be. You、like、know, alumni, alumni yeah, alumni meetups too. Yeah, most people probably don't go to those, but I'm sure you'll be able to、right. see some people that you haven't seen in a while at alumni meetups. Right. Yeah, and just knowing that everybody, I, I, I can't imagine seeing people like ten years in the future, and just being like, "Wow, this person is so different," but I recognize them instantly. But the same, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I guess it's just bittersweet, you know. I think the worst part about that is, with your close friends, you'll definitely see them. Like, I, you'll definitely see them in the future, and you'll definitely meet up with them in the future. You know, because if you want to meet up with them, you can meet up with them. But it's、yeah. those like almost intermediate friends that yeah, like you、right. like hanging out <laughs> with, but they're not your closest friends. That、yeah. you'll probably won't see them. Like in a long time, or like forever, like ever again. It's unfortunate because they're, you know, they're good to hang out with, and they're, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's. I think that's what's the most. Do you want to name some names, or should、What's、we not name names? 
Uh, we don't have to name names, I suppose. Okay. I mean, like, I think there are a lot of people that fit that category for me, at least. Yeah, yeah, there are a lot of yeah. people. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I love, honestly, I love every person in our grade. Like, whether I talk to them or not, just having them around, knowing that we share experiences, that I know them by name, they know me by name. There's something invisible that is very precious about having people that you may not necessarily be close friends with but that you know that you've been around for a long time mm -hmm. and that you just see them you know the intermediate friends and just having those people around creates an atmosphere of home for me mm -hmm. i think that's one of the biggest things that i'm missing now is just being able to say hey what's up you know what's up kofi what's up andrew what's up timmy like just having people huh? <laughs> i just said timmy <laughs> <laughs> just having people that like and in, unfortunately in high school we didn't do this much which i i don't know i was i was very sad about but like middle school and lower school you just walk by anybody in the hallway you say hello even if you don't say hello it's like oh yeah there's lucy you know or there's Yiming, like you can just walk by and it's the atmosphere that those everybody, even those that you aren't close with that creates. But yeah. I guess that's the good thing about college is that you get to recreate that. Yeah. In, in a more mature it. way, almost in a more mature way, which is more mature. Way. It's different. I don't know if I could say it's good or, or like better or worse, but yeah. uh, it's new, but the same, which I guess is good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and i mean that's pretty much everything it's just it's new but it's yeah true you know, true new but the same another quote <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much everything new but the same <laughs> and the only thing that i'm sort of sad about already is that it's only four years i mean that's how long high school was mm, for college you mean yeah. So you're afraid you're gonna make a new family, quote unquote, and then lose another family. Right. And I'm and I'm already anticipating the graduation and the cluster splitting apart once again. I'm already anticipating that, and I'm afraid to make too deep of a connection with everybody. Hmm. With the close friends that I know, I'll stay in touch with. Yeah, but if I if I allow myself to treat everybody as family, then it'll be very difficult, you know? Yeah. Doesn't mean that I doesn't mean that I can't appreciate everybody, but to think of everybody as a family, I think, is one trap that I am aware of. I think and, yeah. you shouldn't let that hold you back, though, you know? Like I feel like if you see everyone as like a family then you should treat them as like a family even though it, it could be difficult for you later i think that you would what i'm trying to say is no regrets like i feel like you might regret yeah. not treating them as a family later if you if you decided that you didn't want to get hurt because of that you know i think that's a good point yeah being I think this this is also a theme 
in my life is caring too much and then being hurt mm. by people or by circumstances and it's it's a skill to allow myself to care while also being able to heal or um sort of prepare myself for any hurt that might come sort of like adapt to it instead yeah. of just going all in and then going all into the hurt as well right see like for me i try to live with no regrets even if i know that in the future it could like hurt me yeah like if i was gonna or if i was thinking about doing something and i think that oh i don't want to do it because it could it could hurt me in the future even though if that's what i want to do right now most mm. of the time i bank on myself almost because mm. i know that i can be strong and i i can be like i can get over this whatever's bothering me so mm. i shouldn't i shouldn't limit myself in the moment because i think that it might hurt me later i should just let m me be me and know myself or be confident in my ability to get through shit yeah i think that's, that's just I think personally that's, how i, I, think I look beautiful. at it yeah i think that's beautiful i think the only difference was that i used to feel that way until people told me that who i was at my core was not strong who i was at my core was not enough and mm. what, even if they didn't say that to my face they threatened it by making their love conditional and so after that i needed to shift my game plan i need to shift my identity so going back to ad identity in third culture kidness i think identity is a big part of my life now where if people's love is conditional which a lot of times it has been but not necessarily because they chose it that way maybe they were stressed or maybe they didn't know what they were doing but i've learned that my identity slowly broken down until i need to focus on what is the core of my identity it doesn't matter if i grew up in taiwan or i grew up in america when i meet an american kid at college fundamentally we're the same mm -hmm. and if you forget that then that's where all the awkwardness comes from yeah all the awkwardness comes from yeah. you perceive that there's a difference and that difference is somehow bad that it means that the other person is bad or you're bad in some way but fundamentally we're all the same and that's been a big part of my life and over the gap year at least is going back to that fundamental like i said like the name henry doesn't really mean that much to me now it was just a label my name is henry but i am not henry i'm oh, something that's another quote. far deeper another quote <laughs> That's a good one, though. My name is Henry, but I am not. Yeah, you're not confined to your name, I guess. And uh, and in that is also culture, because Henry, for example, is a French name. Yeah. But it also hints at my like European heritage, right? To say that I am Henry is, in a way, saying I am this culture, I'm this heritage. But that's not true. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not just a European heritage. I also grew up in Taiwan. Like that's none of that is captured in the name Henry. Yeah. If 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 I if we were texting online and I said you my never name is Henry, know. you 
you would you would think, oh yeah, this guy's from Europe or this guy's from America. He moved to America. You'd never guess that I grew up in Taiwan. Yeah. So, yeah. Just and I think, just how you're saying that now, I think it's crazy that there are so many people that could be just like that, and you would never know. Yes. And now like, that you say that, I yeah. can I can imagine how many people I've assumed. Yeah, to exactly. Just, too. Yeah, just like right? that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you just kind of. I mean, because you assume everyone assumes at some point or makes quick judgments about it, you know whoever. And sometimes they can be right, but you know a lot of times they're wrong as well. And I think it's just important not to put too much uh, value into that assumption or into that. That's right. First impression, maybe that you have on someone. But don't judge anyone before you know a person, is what I'm saying. Don't judge a book by its cover. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the artist put that much time into the cover. You can judge it a little bit by its cover. Oh, you know? yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And actually, but, that, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe don't judge an entire book by its cover, but you should judge a book a little bit by its cover. <laughs> oh, I know. I judge books by their cover. <laughs> only, only the coolest covers. I would ever yeah. read those. Like you, did you ever like? Nobody ever picked up one of those old. As a teenager, nobody ever picked up one of those old-fashioned books with like just the one color and then the text. And yeah, that's all it is. And all the old-fashioned books look the same. I want the book that has the guy. Facing a dragon on the cover, against like this beautiful night sky, and he's on, <laughs> on top of a mountain, and there's like a war going on around him, with like all different colors. That's the book that I'm gonna read. <laughs> Actually, this is this is a good, uh, like, life lesson almost. I I think that like a book's cover, not necessarily just a book here too, but like a book's cover does in some ways show you exactly what's gonna be in the book. Obviously, it can't tell you everything about the book, but it does give you almost a snippet preview of the book. You know, mm -hmm. like if you think about it, if you switch this up and you you go with people instead, the way someone looks can show you or maybe tell you a lot about that person. Doesn't mean that everything that you think is right. Like just because someone looks, I don't know, a certain way, doesn't mean that they stereotypically fit whatever you're thinking about them. Yes. It does. It can mean that, but it doesn't 100% mean that. And yes. I just think that, you know, like <clears throat> if someone is, if you look at someone and you see they're like really fit, or they they play, they look like they play a lot of sports or something like that. Or <laughs> that that's the judgment right there, actually, that I just made. That if someone looks yeah. very fit, right. you might think that they, they play, play a lot of sports, sports. or yeah. they work out a lot. And most of the time, you're probably right. But sometimes you're <laughs> not right. You know, I just think the book book by its cover thing is valid, just not don't live by it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So definitely, I mean, that's the old... I, I brought it up because it was cliche and it was like, it fit what you were saying. Yeah. But yeah. in reality... I think that um, who people really are, what, what human beings are, is a relationship between their genetic quote-unquote blueprint, their DNA, and their environments. So if you think about a person over their lifetime, 
I imagine that their DNA has sort of a plan and is willing to adapt based on if something in the plan doesn't work. I mean, that's what we're supposed to do. So in a way, a person's body or how they present themselves, it's a life story. It's their entire life story up to that point written mm -hmm. on them. And nobody can avoid that because it's an automatic process. It's a natural process. And it's not just how a person looks, it's how they carry themselves. It's the energy that you feel when you talk with them. All of that is you are witnessing the person's pen writing the words of their story at this moment. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, you are witnessing all that they have ever been through by just your first impression. So definitely don't judge a book by its cover, but observe the cover and and it will tell you a lot of things if you it could be listen. right or wrong <laughs> yeah it could be right or wrong yeah, it could be right, right or wrong, because but they the will only, definitely the only, tell you something <laughs> yeah the only thing that's wrong is when you say well if it appears this way this must be why that happened yeah yeah I, you I have agree no idea yeah you have no idea why anything could be happening but you, you can, can make it you can make the the uh uh what's the word not notation but you can make the like inference sure that something is that way like you can say this person has blonde hair you know i guess that's kind of oh, a right, bad right. one but like okay this person like is mean or something like yeah an observation perfect that's that's what i'm looking for yeah you can make the observation you just can't make the reasoning behind that observation yes and actually well the trap that a lot of people fall into myself included is that based on people we've met or circumstances we've been through our life experiences told us we say because in my life it happened this way mm -hmm. and i figured out why it happened that must be the same for that person yeah that's I, a very common one yeah and that's most of the time where judgments you know yeah. offend people and and play out wrong it's because of you use your real life experience to judge someone else which yeah can be useful especially if you've experienced a lot but at the same time you can't think that you're always right you always have to be open to being wrong because if you're not you're yeah. gonna you're gonna offend a lot of people and you're gonna be called a dick because yeah. you think you are right and you're set in your ways which is <laughs> in my opinion, not right. But of course, that's also my opinion. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think this is the whole debate between, I mean, this, what we're talking about is actually a very deep societal debate between like, for example, science and with traditional wisdom. Or mm -hmm. another way to say it is like the heart and the mind or intuition and reasoning, rationality. It's a very deep debate because both are true it is true that your intuition has wisdom that what your body tells you is true about a person that there's a very good reason why your body is telling you that mm -hmm. but it's also true that with science with the scientific practice being objective is often useful to remind yourself that your experience is not the only experience that is yeah. as valid yeah as yours out there 
all in all, I, I think, <laughs> uh, you know, just be, just be open, be open to learning new things and experiencing new things and being able to be wrong, being able yes. to accept being wrong, you know? And I think yes. that being or following those guidelines, I guess, will make you experience life in a much, uh, happier way. I think that's right. Yeah. And as third culture kids, I think we have a great head start on that. Mm -hmm. Is Yep, I think we do have a great head start on that. Because we've been wrong about a lot of things. About the cultures that we're part of and the cultures of other people. And mm -hmm. We're and probably wrong about a few things we said today. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> and that's okay. And that's okay. Everybody makes yeah, mistakes. Nice. Yeah. Good message. Alright, that's yes. a good place to, to end it, I think. Alright, mm -hmm. thank you for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed and we'll <clears throat> we'll see you next time